Hello and welcome to the Tandem Collective Talks podcast. Tandem Collective celebrates books, film, TV, podcasts and more with our global community. We're Jen, Jade, Lucy and Lex, members and friends of Team Tandem. You might already know us from Instagram or TikTok, but if not, it's great to meet you and welcome. We're here to chat to you about what's new in the world of books, publishing and film, interview some of your favourite authors and hear your thoughts on what you're reading and watching at the moment. You can find us at Tandem Collective UK on Instagram and also Tandem Collective Global. Welcome to another episode of the Tandem Talks podcast. This is Jen. You can find me on Instagram at Little Red Library. I'm here today with Jade from Teen Tandem, also known as at Jade Poppy, and Matty Whitehead, who is a senior editor of the Fiction List at the children's publisher Little Tiger. Today, we're going to talk about content warnings, uh, which is something that Jade and I are both really interested in. And I know it's quite a controversial subject in the book world. People have mixed opinions on it. So welcome, Jade and Matty. Hi. Hello. Okay, so just if we just go kind of quite broadly to start, what are your kind of overall views on content warnings, Matty? Um, I am very much in favour of content warnings. I think it's always important that readers sort of have all the information when they when they choose a book and sort of giving people that giving them people enough information, they can make an informed decision. I think for me, books are sort of, I mean, they can serve two purposes. They can either be escapist um, and you can sort of, you know, explore someone else's life through characters or, um, or you know, like learn about different people's experiences, or you might want to sort of read something that relates to your experiences. And actually those content warnings, some people, if they do want that escapism, they might want to avoid certain things that will bring them back into their own experiences or things that could upset them or trigger certain reactions. And so I think we want to make sure that people can choose the right books for them and we sort of don't put anyone, put anyone's um, mental health at any risk through literature because sort of def- for me that defeats the point of the point of books. Mm. Yeah, I really agree with you actually. Um, and I think even if it's not overtly said somewhere that everyone needs to see it, I think the information should be freely available. I know I've certainly stood back from reading a book because I wasn't sure if it included a subject that was going to be too hard for me to read. Mm. Jade, where do you kind of come in on it? I just think that there's something that we see in other industries, so why not in the publishing industry? Because books can have such an effect on people the same as watching a series or a film I don't really get why it's not something that we see all the time and personally I just appreciate knowing about a topic that might like you say Matty that could bring on certain feelings or emotions from me that might be quite negative for me so it's just I just really appreciate having that by the way, this book includes this. And I personally, I think it's no harm, but I know that there are some people out there that see them as you know quite a negative thing before jumping into a book. The main kind of counter argument, isn't it, is that it's spoilery, that you know what you're getting from the book before you go into it. But do you think it being slightly spoilery is ever more important than kind of the impact it might have on somebody if they read something that's really going to be troublesome for them? No, I think... 
I mean, when we do trigger warnings, we generally try to, I mean, it's broader issues. It's not necessarily specific, um, if that makes sense. Like one book I worked on, the author was, we sort of thought about the wording quite carefully. Um, and it was, you know, I mean, it explores trauma. And then we discussed a couple of the areas of trauma that it touches on. So readers know what they're getting into, but it's not sort of taking away from the story. And actually, I think if it's, if there's anything in the book that's important enough that you want to warn readers then actually from the the copy about the book, you probably would have got the general gist anyway of the story. Actually, I was talking to our editorial director about this and she pointed out, and she made a really good point that actually if the kind of topics or events that you would give trigger warnings about, if they're being used in a sort of sensationalised way or a shock way in a book, that's not something that we would ever want to do. And these things, you know, most of the time, they're very integral to the story and they're done sensitively. So if it's a, if one of these issues is a spoiler, that can feel, I don't know, that I don't think it should be. So I don't know if that was, if that made sense. But um, that, that did make sense. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Um, do you think this is an area where the publishing industry is kind of slightly behind the rest of the entertainment industry? I mean, if you think about films or even Jade and I were saying earlier on Netflix series, most of them have got an age, well, they've all got an age rating. And most of them, even if it's not said kind of in the description, all you have to do is go online and you can really easily find out what kind of triggers you're going to find within the film. And it just doesn't seem to be something that's ever really been done for books. Do you think there's a reason for that? I don't know. It's a really interesting point. I hadn't sort of made the comparison, actually, between having... Um ages on films I'm not sure that I mean in terms of ages I think that would be really tricky in publishing and that especially in the younger fiction space but in terms of what happens in the book in terms of those sort of content warnings I'm not sure why we haven't done it more <laughs> I know it's something now on pretty much every book I work on it's very much something we take into consideration um, and talk to the author about sort of how best to include those warnings and what topics we feel as readers might affect other people yeah, I'm not sure why <laughs> sure why we haven't done it. I don't know whether it's people sort of assume that from the... I mean, I guess that's maybe the assumption is that people from reading online copy about a book or reading reviews or the blurb, that you will get an idea of what the book's about and perhaps that's enough enough to make a decision, which in some cases I think you can infer from the blurb, you know, if something quite difficult is going to happen. But it doesn't hurt, I don't think, to have those specific warnings when it can't, you know, with uh, particularly sensitive topics I mean I've I've only ever seen I think I could count on one hand the amount of books that I've either owned or like borrowed and read that have had maybe on the front page as you turn the, the front cover on the front page it would have like this book does touch on these topics and um, we wanted you to know before you start reading and but just just seeing that, I just really appreciate the thought that's gone into putting that in print so people have that to read. So, yeah, it, to me, as someone who's outside of the publishing industry, I wonder like why or how or the process is when people are thinking of putting content warnings at the beginning of a book, but then there's another group of people who are working on a book that might be that might have you know death in there or something else that could be triggering to someone but not put a warning on there I don't that's what I'm finding hard to understand the processes you know the thought processes for both sides 
I think it's really interesting that it isn't, and it doesn't seem to have ever been considered that it should be really regulated. Mm. I mean, I know the film industry, I mean, as most parents just kind of take film age ratings as they decide whether or not their child is mature enough to watch something anyway. But certainly I know the film industry has to put age ratings on their films. And even though you couldn't really do that for books because we have such a kind of wide range of literature skills and you just you just can't put books into that kind of small slot. It's interesting that it doesn't seem to have ever been regulated in any way. Like if you're going to include kind of loss or mm. um, trauma or, you know, those tricky subjects that you don't need to note it, even on the publisher's website, even somewhere freely available where people can just click and kind of say what's in this. Yeah, I wonder if in terms of sort of being regulated by, I mean, it's sort of an external body, for example, which I, I guess is the case in the film world. There are just so many books that publish. Um, mm. You know, every week there are hundreds, well, every month there are hundreds of books publishing. I, so I, I can kind of see how it, in terms of that sort of external regulation. I mean, I think if I think it should, well, what would be helpful, I think, for everyone is that it is just standard. And if it was something that all publishers took into consideration, all publishers did, and it was something that readers knew to look out for, and they knew where to find the information. And I have noticed that some publishers, um, when they put out their copy online for retailers, they will include a content warning on in the copy so that before buying it, Online, you know, even if readers can't pick up the physical book, they do see that, which I think is a really good thing. I think the balance is, so I've had conversations with authors where they feel if on the cover or on the online copy, there is a long list of all these upsetting, potentially upsetting topics that it might be quite off-putting for readers, especially because you don't have the context of the story in mm-hmm. so that you know, so that those, obviously in isolation, all of those topics are incredible, you know, it looks like a very long list of things that will upset readers when within the story it's, it's softened. And I can see that point because obviously, you know, you maybe wouldn't pick up, pick up a book with all those things on. So I can see that point of view, which is why we put it on the, on the first page of the book. So it is in there. And I would hope that readers from the blurb would get enough of sort of idea about the topic. And if they were worried, they could open it and have a look. But I do, yeah, I think ultimately it is important. Um, and also if it was standard, then it would mean that readers would also know where to look for this information, which would be really useful um, sort of for everyone. Definitely. And that kind of brings me on to my next question in that what do you think is the best format for content warnings to be included within a book? I mean, I'm quite techy geeky, so I wouldn't be against seeing something like a QR code just on the back of the book where you can scan it and it'll take you to the content warnings or... You know, I know for a lot of people, just having it on the first page might be easier. Do you think it's enough to kind of have the information displayed of if you would like to read the content warnings for this book, you can find them here? Or do you think we need to make sure they're really in plain sight? I think best to have them in plain sight, because I know a lot of people, especially if it's, um, you know, people buying for younger readers, they might not be sort of as clued in with tech um I know such I was going through my bookshelves to look at um, what other publishers do and actually one of them Ace of Spades which is a really great book they have the content warnings on the phone they have a note on the back saying contains material that some readers may find distressing and then inside they also have a full content warning with um with sort of details of the areas that might be difficult and they also have a QR code that takes you to the author's website where they sort of discuss further what the book's about, which I think is really good. It sort of covers 
all bases and gives people further reading if they're sort of unsure based on just the and the sort of general themes. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, to me, that sounds like kind of absolute best practice. But what do you think is yeah. kind of, what would you like to see as a minimum, Jade? I mean, a minimum, I would agree with Matty. I think it needs to be, it needs to be there and it needs to be seen straight away. And you know that it's on that front cover when you open the front cover on that first page and it's there and, you know, if, we, if that's going to be like a standardised thing, everyone will know that it's there. And if you don't want to um, look at it, you can skip that page straight away. I know that with Tandem, we released a, an Instagram post starting the conversation around content warnings. And lots of people did say that they would love to see a QR code, especially for things that that might link to charities or various helpful websites that people could use. So linking like what um, Ace of Spades have done, linking to the author's website, you could have, correct me if I'm wrong, can you have multiple links on a QR code or can it bring up like a page and you can navigate to different places? I think that would be great, especially if there's charities involved and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's often I've seen that um some books will have an author's note at the beginning I was looking at Gina Dawson's Wonderland and she has a sort of author's note which touches on a few of the topics and um I believe at the back of the book it sort of has links or you know suggestions of people you can contact if any of the topics um you find distressing and actually in most of our books if we have trigger warnings and actually sometimes even if there's nothing in the book that we feels needs a content warning generally we will have an author's note at the back where they will talk a little bit about the topic and we will have links to sort of charities or other websites where you can find more information or sort of other books you could read to learn more about the topics so giving those readers you know if a reader's picked up a book and anything does upset them or makes them think about something in a different way there's resources at the end so they can sort of carry on carry on reading about that or get any help that they might need so that's brilliant isn't it that that that's included like why it would be even better if that we were seeing that across the whole publishing industry I understand that it's obviously huge and like you say hundreds of thousands of books are are published but that standard that you're setting I think is so high and really really good I think a lot of people will appreciate that books can be such an invaluable resource in terms of sort of opening people's eyes to other experiences and to sort of exploring their own and if you can sort of provide readers with some extra material that helps them sort of further it just feels like quite a a sort of it makes books sort of even more of a a special thing I think. Matthew one last kind of question from me which actually has just been brought up by what you were saying and and how you do things do you think the inclusion of content warnings and the responsibility of that lies with the author or more with the editor and kind of publisher because I kind of I kind of feel so some things that really affect me reading about them is how people speak about kind of facial differences uh, using scars to say people are baddies and quite often I will read something and say well that author should have known better but also whoever read this then should have said you know how has this been published so where do you think the responsibility lies that's such an interesting point I think that kind of touches as well at earlier stages in the editing in that um, we often have um, sensitivity readers so I mean everyone has biases that they bring to the book so you know I've read books before where the authors have the most incredible you know they have such good intentions they want to do good 
And then you read it and think, oh my goodness, <laughs> what is this? Like mm-hmm. they've sort of all these blind spots and they've missed all these things, which I would, you know, I maybe not personally find upsetting, but I can see, you know, not from my, you know, I find upsetting maybe not for my personal experience, but I'm aware that they will, you know, upset other people. So I think, you know, I, you know, I think that we sort of address those things quite early on as editors. And that's why we then have um, sensitivity readers because we all have, you know, every reader sort of will miss stuff based on their own experiences and biases. So hopefully when it gets to the point of publication, things will have been sort of edited out that might be sort of conforming to stereotypes in, in, what conforming stereotypes, harmful stereotypes. And if there is anything sort of in left in there. So for example, in Ace of Spades, it talks about one of the content warnings is homophobia and racism and bullying. And in terms of sort of, it's that whole thing of the language you use in that context, it's part of the story. So when stereotypes or sort of negative language is left in intentionally, that's when you would have the content warnings because it's left in there to discuss a topic rather than to upset or hurt readers, if that makes sense. And in that case, I think the onus is on, I would say the onus is probably more on the editor in terms of the content warnings. Once the author's handed over the manuscript, they might they might flag a few things that they think we should talk about or mention. But generally, I would say that I think it's the editor or publisher that would approach the author about that. And if you've had a sensitivity reader that might have read it and picked up on things, you know, anything harmful would be edited out, anything that you chose to leave in. And if it's something especially that the sensitivity reader has mentioned or any other readers has mentioned, um, early readers have mentioned, then that's when you would put it in the content warnings. And you would discuss it with the author, of course, because it's their, it's their book and there are certain themes that they've chosen to include. But I think it's, it's sort of the editor that ultimately has the final say of what goes in. I really agree with that. And I love that you have sensitivity readers as well. That's something that I find myself so often saying that I wish somebody had read this with slightly more kind of empathetic kind of eyes on the book. So I think that's brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you can get so, I mean, as as I said, no author, well, I'd hope that no author and certainly no author that I work with would ever set out to write a book that has any harmful or upsetting content. So that's why yeah, it's just important to have as many people read it as possible because, like I said, you miss stuff because of biases or once you're so in the story, especially as the author, you know, it's your sort of world, you've lived it, you might not be able to pick out those things that you would in in normal life. And I think there is, like, there's Inclusive Minds that does amazing work um, working with authors and editors at early stages to make sure that um, the book reads authentically and there's nothing in there that's inaccurate or harmful. So I do think that there's been a shift in publishing recently in terms of sensitivity reads in a really positive way. And the whole thing of learning, like it's not it's not a criticism of your book. You know, everyone has their experience and you might miss things if you haven't experienced them. So it's sort of that whole process of learning. And I think maybe with content warnings, that's another part of that process. Yeah, I think that's absolutely it. I mean, I always say, if I point anything out on my Instagram about something I've read that's upset me, I always say just kind of, it's it's no better, do better. And that's where you need to have somebody in those early stages who does know. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Matty. I think, unless you've got any other questions, Jade, I think that's been fantastic. I would love to know if there's ever been a situation, I would hope not, but has there ever been a situation where you've worked on a book and you've brought up maybe from the conversation we've just had you've you've gone through the book and everything and 
you feel you felt that there's something that needed to be addressed and it hadn't previously has there ever been a situation like that and yeah how did it how did it kind of go um I fortunately if I've ever raised anything um my authors have um you know responded to it and generally you know ultimately it's up to them to find the way around it but Mm. I wouldn't want to publish anything that I wasn't happy with and there are certain things with editing it's very much a, a process it's um, a partnership between the author and the editor it's not you know I say do this and mm. expect them to do it exactly but there are certain areas and themes that I wouldn't pub- I wouldn't as the editor let the book go through unless they were sort of addressed yeah. and actually I've, I've never had to sort of have any really difficult conversations about that most of my authors sort of very much um, appreciate the fact that it's been spotted and want to make the book as best as it can be mm. um I mean, I think it's, again, it's that whole thing of the way you frame it, because, you know, people do take it as slightly personal criticism, which it's not intended as. But no, I'm very lucky with all my authors who (laughs) who just want to write the best books, yeah. Yeah. Cool, thank you. Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you very much for listening to us talk to Matthew from Little Tiger about content warnings. This has been Jen and Jade. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. So that was our episode with Matty from Little Tiger talking about content warnings. I know this is a really kind of controversial subject in the book world. Uh, Lex and Lucy, I'm really interested to hear if either of you are against content warnings. Should we start with you, Lex? Yes. So I can now safely say I'm 100% for content warnings. Something that came out of an Instagram post that Jade popped on our feed a while back was the difference between the phrasing of content warning to trigger warning we as publishers and people who work in the industry have a responsibility to know what the content is so we can report the content warnings on them. But we will never know what anybody's or everybody's trigger is. So I much prefer the phrasing of content warning versus trigger warning. That being said, had you have asked me five years ago, I probably would have said that I don't like content warnings because in the genre that I read, which is predominantly crime thriller fiction, content warnings can act as a spoiler. But I'm so aware now, having grown up and having worked in the industry, that that comes from a very privileged space of reading. So yes, in in a rambly way of saying, yes, I'm very pro-content warnings. I would agree and say I'm also pro-content warnings because like you say, Lex, it's so subjective what everybody's individual triggers are. And I think Matty raised loads of really valid points around content warnings as well. And for me personally, I wasn't aware that it was such a controversial point within the publishing industry because like you said in your conversation with Matty, publishing is still kind of catching up to some other industries where content warnings do exist and have existed for, for some time. I really loved the point around, I think it was you who raised it, Jen, where does the responsibility sit around flagging potential triggers in content? You know, is it more with the editorial team? Do everybody as individual bookstagrammers have a responsibility to to speak up about it? So I thought that was a, a really a really strong reminder um, and takeaway from the conversation. I read something recently which kind of really adds into that whose responsibility is it kind of thought process. So it's Alison Rumford's book, Tell Me I'm Worthless, which is horror, but it's quite it's quite brutal. I won't read all of her content warnings in the start, but it includes transphobia, rape, 
racism and she writes you might disagree with the inclusion of a content warning at the start of a book if that is the case then you're within your rights to do so please do not however complain to my publisher about this the choice was mine and mine alone and I think it says quite a lot about how controversial content warnings are that she's felt the need to write that yeah I completely agree I think in this particular case given the flags that she does raise she is 100% in my mindset right to raise them. My favourite book is My Dark Vanessa, and it's slightly strange to say that it's a favourite book, but really resonated with me for a number of different reasons. But I do think maybe it should have come with a slightly stronger content warning. I think the way that the publishers can get around it is that they use blurb pieces from authors that use words like manipulation, power, abuse, But there isn't that blanket statement that says this book includes these things, which maybe it could have had. Yeah, it is a really, really valid point. One of my favourite books is Alice Sebald's The Lovely Bones, which was published quite some time ago. So doesn't actually have any printed content warnings back when it was first released. However, I do think if it was published now, it would definitely come with them. I know several people who weren't able to, even though it's such a brilliant book, struggled to read beyond the first chapter, which is particularly brutal. So I do think it's um, really, it flags the importance of content warnings and how valuable they are to readers. I definitely agree. And having read both of those books, I think it's a really valid point for both of them. What's interesting to think is, if I'm right, Luce, isn't The Lovely Bones also a film? It is, yeah. So if we think the Lovely Bones film will have had to have an age rating and note Mm -hmm. on the back of any physical sales what's included to justify that age rating, but anyone can dive into the book. It's a lot to think about anyway, but it's been lovely to talk to you all about it and fantastic to talk to Matty. Yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts on content warnings on the Tandem Collective Instagram page. For this week's Badly Described Book... Mum, Dad and Small Boy go on a trip to a snowy hotel. Dad gets grumpy. Madness ensues. As always, we're open to your feedback, so please do hit us up at Tandem Collective UK on Instagram or using the hashtag Tandem Collective Talks. If there's anyone, content creator-wise, industry superstars or your favourite author that you think we should feature on the podcast, then let us know. Bye! Bye! See you later!